Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Weisscast. I'm your host, Aaron Weiss, along with my co-host. Hey, guys, it's Brian Stinson. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Yeah, uh, so I do. I, I again, I hope you're having a great day. Um, last time we said the day of the week, and it ended up <laughs> being posted why. two days late. That's why I didn't say it this time. <laughs> I figured. Um, it's Friday at the time of recording, and usually they go up the same day, but last week I was having a lot of trouble posting it, and this week I figured out that I have to go through a lot of hoops, um, so maybe maybe it'll be up quicker this week. Who knows? But uh, how you doing, Bryant? How's this week been? It's, been? it's been pretty good, you know? I actually somehow ended up hurting my like lower back yesterday, and so that's been bothering me. Oof! For the past like couple of days, but um, other than that, everything's everything's been great. What about you? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty good week. It's uh went by really quick. Um, can't believe that Thanksgiving's less than a week away. You know? Yeah. Um, which we should probably talk about what we're doing for Weisscast for next week. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, we can do that off air. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it it's been been a solid week. Last night at uh at at bread we had our um Thanksgiving potluck and we fried up a couple turkeys and it was so good. Dude, I I love Thanksgiving food mm-hmm. so much. I, I have I have this weird relationship with turkey because the last like the last few years the turkey that I've had was just like super dry, and mm-hmm. like I ain't, I ain't trying to. It's like chewing rubber. Yeah, it's that bad, and I am I ain't I ain't trying to do all that. You ever had but fried turkey? I have. I love fried turkey. It's so freaking good. I love fried turkey. Did you know that the turkey was almost our national bird? Yeah, uh, freaking Ben Franklin was like, should be the turkey. It's a noble bird. It's a noble bird. <laughs> Did you know? Do you know why turkey is called turkey? No, no, I don't. Why is that? I somehow well, don't trust what you're about to say. No, it's <laughs> it might. All right the the order might not be 100 percent accurate, but the idea of it is. Okay. So they're for the longest time they are known as guinea fowl, yeah. um, to the Turks, and that's the region that the the bird originated. Or that a bird looking like the turkey. So the, there's guinea fowl that's very similar to what we have here, a turkey. Right. Uh, and so the Turks were trading with someone. I forget who. I, I think it might have been the British. And they didn't have a name. Didn't have a name for the bird. And they knew that it came from the, the Turks of Turkey. So they just started calling it turkey. And then... When they got here, when the settlers got here, 
the pioneers, whoever, the pilgrims, whatever, whenever they got here in America and saw this bird, not knowing that it wasn't the same guinea fowl, or not realizing that it wasn't the same guinea fowl, they just they saw the similarities and called it turkey. Huh. So the bird kind of is named after the place. Okay. Yeah. Man. Pretty interesting. I just feel like you need to put up the more you know, little yeah. rainbow. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's pretty interesting. That's pretty but, interesting. I mean, we can't keep up all these interesting facts all episode. I think I'm going to go no. to a Siri joke, um, and then we can get into our articles. Hey, okay. Siri. Tell me a joke. I stayed up all night wondering where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. <laughs> oh man <laughs> like <laughs> I'm half laughing because I just felt like part of me wanted Siri to just go 0-3 <laughs> 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 so that's that's pretty good that's one of those where you're just like if if I was looking at somebody and they told me that joke mm-hmm. I would be going back and forth between disappointment and like almost laughing yeah end up laughing and it's just it's one of those it's just like come on at least it didn't say pun alert this time yeah i'm glad that it didn't say pun alert this time (laughs) all right from there we're gonna go into the news time for some news all right so first up last week google stadia came out um and it, for those who don't know, it is a streaming service for video games. So it's essentially like Netflix, but for video games. And it had kind of a rocky start, to say the least. But like Google uh, said, is a brilliant idea, by the way. Yes, incredible idea. Um, and unfortunately for the service itself, it's, it's owned by Google. Um, Google has a lot of these great ideas. Um, let's see what, what, what are some, some ones that have just been started up, but they have like the Nexus phone program. They had, um, I can't, I can't think of any other. Oh, like Google Allo, my favorite way to message of all time. Um, they just have like all these great ideas that are, are really good. And then. They kind of they kind of half-ass them, and then don't support them, and then they die. And so I'm kind of afraid for Google Stadia um, because the the launch was so rocky. Um, a lot of the uh, early adopters, the founders um, that pre-ordered it, didn't get their code to start playing until a few days after, um, and. The the experience is very mixed. So, like, if you live in an area... So, I a lot of people that I've read that have had good experiences with Google Stadia live on the West Coast, primarily the Bay Area. And then a lot of people that have been having more mixed uh, feelings about it uh, live on the East Coast, Um and Washington Post, maybe. Um, 
saying that the service wasn't working super great. Um, the Verge, who's based in New York, had very mixed uh, opinions, and they 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 all love the idea of the service. It's just like the execution is kind of been wonky and there's a big concern with uh internet service providers having data caps on on their on their internet service that they provide to households so like for instance my house in atlanta we have a terabyte data cap uh and it's only been an issue once and it was like because it was the first time uh Aaron Hargrove and I turned on our Xboxes. We had a lot of updates and each got like a new game as well. And so like we hit our data cap a few days before the new month. And um, that's really the only time it's been an issue. I've been able to manage the Xbox so it doesn't auto update. Um, but I can see if you're, if you're streaming a 4k game over Wi-Fi, and you know let's just say on average i play five to six hours of video games a week i have no idea how much data that is um but if you're streaming in 4k for five to six hours a week and there's like a lot more to do in in games than there is like turning on a 4k movie like i i just i i see this being a problem i I see that being stadia's greatest problem sure they can hit the constant frame rate at uh 4k 1080p or whatever like they can hit it um with the bandwidth or whatever that they have slash need but i see the data cap being the problem and uh, I don't know if you've followed Stadia much. I've kind of been following it since the beginning. But I think, yes, it's a great idea, but there's a lot of hurdles that it needs to jump, and I just don't see Google wanting to jump them. Yeah, I haven't really been following Stadia a ton. Part of part of the reason is because for a long time, I didn't really know when it was coming out. Yeah. Um, I think the idea is great. And I know that I've seen some of the um, the things graphically, and I know you touched on that just a little bit earlier. Um, graphically, it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that um, Google Stadia may not do well on its on its own merits, just because of the difficulties and just technically that um, you know it's running up against right now. But I I will say that I think that. Google Stadia might have a really good opportunity to kind of push kind of where video games are and where they'll go graphically going forward, especially for consoles, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think a lot of times console console games, um, I mean, the hardware is just kind of behind in a lot yeah. of ways, but, it, but that makes it easier to make a bunch of games Right, right. Like, and I so I think that if say Microsoft or Sony were kind of to take a page from Google Stadia's book to just see how far they can push things graphically on on systems, um, 
I think that'd be really good just for video games overall. You know, sometimes when sometimes when something like this comes along, it's not necessarily something that needs to be able to stand on its own two feet, but sometimes it helps kind of the machine as a whole mm-hmm. kind of move forward, you know? And that's kind of how I see that Google Stadia happening because like like you said, I, I agree. I don't think Google will care enough if it doesn't immediately do well to continue to put forth the effort and the energy to make this product as good as possible, make the experience as good Mm -hmm. um, as it could be for people. Um, But I mean, from a, from a technological standpoint, I do think that Microsoft and Sony probably could learn some stuff from Google. Just, I mean, and, but most of that is just like from just things graphically, just how things look. Because, you know, I mean, some things that graphically, I mean, they look insane. And I'm not sure what the specs for Google Stadia is in reference to, say, like Xbox One or PS4. They're probably, I mean, if you're going to run things in, you know, 4K, the specs probably have to be significantly higher. And it's difficult to to place like the specs because it's just 100% streaming. You're doing this through like, you can do it on your laptop, your phone, like whatever. So that's what it's hard to nail um, down the specs. Uh, They do have a controller, but you like, I think for right now you have to use the controller. And then when the service goes free in sometime in 2020, You'll be able to use whatever controller you want on PC. Um, and I think I, I think that this is specifically pushing Xbox because xCloud's coming out soon. Um, I think xCloud's a little bit better of an idea because it not only allows you to stream from their servers, you mm-hmm. can also stream games that you own already from your Xbox um, which it's kind of that's kind of already in beta, um, and it's kind of under a different name. But like, if if I wanted to, you know, be hanging out with my roommates out in the living room and still wanted to play Xbox, I could pull up the the app on my laptop and just hook up a controller to my laptop and be playing Xbox. Yeah. Uh, so that. That that's interesting um, to see. I think because Xbox is a one hundred percent video game entertainment platform, I think that they will end up leading the charge in the cloud based gaming. Um, I know Sony's been trying to do it for a while with PlayStation Now, but they just they haven't been consistent. Um, I've I've heard nothing but bad things about PlayStation Now. Um, but I think you're right. I think Google isn't necessarily trying to create another tier in the video game race, but to push the current ones along, um, and develop better, um, quicker, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely see Stadia. Like, I, I, I don't know if it'll actually like fall off completely, just because it'll take a while before um, before these companies are p- pushed to innovate more. But I can definitely see 
it taking more of a backseat. And the other good, the other thing about Stadia is like people are like, who is this for? So I have I have a coworker, um, and he is, uh, he's a, a a husband and a dad, and loves playing video games, but hasn't gotten um, any of the current generation of consoles. And with the new console generation on the cusp, um, like he doesn't want to get a new console. He just wants to be able to play the new games. And that is exactly who Stadia is for. I am sure that there are tons of people out there, maybe not specifically, you know, dads or moms, whatever, but people that have kind of like missed this generation, but still want to be able to play new games without having to spend, you know, three, four hundred bucks on a console or build a ridiculous PC. Like they just want to spend like right now to get Stadia, it's a hundred bucks or like 130 bucks. You get the controller, they get the Chromecast Ultra and um, then you have access to these games with a monthly $10. Um, so that, I think that is the demographic that they're going after. And it's, it's the people who either can't afford to get in on the consoles or just like, don't want, don't want to justify spending that much money just to get in to play video games. Um, and honestly, I can, I can see that being a huge market. And I think, um, Xbox is kind of attacking that right now as well. Um, in a different way, they have a monthly, uh, I think it's called Xbox All Access, um, for either 20 bucks, 22 bucks, or $31, you can get either the, um, digital-only Xbox, a regular Xbox One S, or, uh, Xbox One X, uh, for those prices, um, and you have access to Game Pass Ultimate, which comes with Game Pass and um xbox gold so you're paying 20 dollars a month for the discless xbox and 15 of that covers um the game pass ultimate and you're so essentially paying five dollars a month for an xbox and i think if you don't have a console already like that's an incredible deal and so like google and xbox are very much attacking this from different angles um, I haven't seen PlayStation even make an attempt on going after this demographic, but I think I think this is what's pushing the innovation, getting these consoles into more people's hands, getting these games into more people's hands. Um, and I think xCloud and Stadia are the next um, logical step. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think that's a really that's really well put. I. I feel like just video games in general, as far as they can, they need to try to find ways to kind of um, come together. And I think we've seen some of that materialize with the talks of cross-platform play and things like that, um, mm-hmm. which is which is less on... I mean, that has more to do with who's publishing what games and deciding if they want those games to be cross-platform or not, opposed to Microsoft and Sony kind Mm -hmm. of just being at odds. But granted, I mean, 
although you know there are big there are big time console wars for people who think that you know Microsoft and Sony don't aren't in conversation with each other when it comes to developing their consoles and things like that. Like that's you can't think that right. You know they have to be in conversations with each other at some you know to some degree. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just that makes it harder to make games just in general. Um, but yeah, finding a way to get games in people's hands without the need to go and splurge on consoles or you know build ridiculous PCs um, is a really interesting demographic. And I, and I don't know. Do you think that maybe this has come on just with the with the rise of just streaming in general, not just because I feel like this is kind of maybe a bit of an offshoot of how important just streaming services with television have been. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're thinking we can do this with TV. Why not try to do it with video games as well? What do you think about that? I I think it is largely um, a not retaliation, but like a, why can't it's like a an answer that's what i'm looking for it's an answer to what netflix has done with tv and movies um i think it's a logical next step um uh, because like games are getting more and more um expensive to make and the the price hasn't risen at all for for games in a very long time. I, I, I remember the, I think the first game that I bought with my own money was, um, Super Mario 64. Um, and I don't remember exactly how much it was. Cause I was like four or five years old whenever I bought it, uh, with my, with allowance that who knows how long it took me to save up, but it seems like it took forever. I want to say that it was more than $60, though. I think before games got became disc-based, uh, they were more expensive. Uh, and uh, I think now that because discs are... They're not largely on the way out. Uh, I, I know plenty of people that like to collect the physical copies or you know, get them and play them for a little bit and then trade them in, whatever. Um, I don't know that the physical media will ever be completely out, but it just makes so much sense for streaming to be a thing because, uh, you know, xCloud or Stadia could have exclusives that you could only stream just like Netflix has exclusive, just like Amazon Prime, just like Disney Plus, all have exclusives that you can only stream on their respective services. Right. Um, but then there will still be wider releases like the Call of Duties, like the Assassin's Creeds um, that are available on everything. Uh, and, and by everything, I mean not only cons every console, but also physical media, like you'll be able to buy the disc. But I think this is kind of addressing that issue of developers not necessarily making back as much money as they thought they would um, because the 
people who develop these games are not getting paid as much as you would think. Like, the higher-ups kind of are, you know, be, like, as you would expect. But, like, the people making these games just have, like, pretty middle-class, uh, maybe, like, lower to mid-middle-class incomes. They're not, like, these crazy six-figure salaries... I mean, some of them are like the higher ups definitely are, but the ones like the 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 drone that just comes into work every day and works on textures for the game is you know making a pretty modest income. Not right. that they're not that they're poor or anything, but like people think that if you work for a game developer, you're making tons of money. That's not true. Yeah, it really just depends on what you're doing. Yeah. And then, like, once you are getting into that writing and the directing and the producing, that's when you're making the cash. But, yeah, video game... The the state of video games is interesting, and where they go in the next decade is very interesting um, to me. But we still have... We have one game from this decade that has some controversy to be explained. And I yeah, think I think that uh, I think that you are the one to catch us up on the controversy from Pokemon so- Sword and Shield. Yeah, so Pokemon Sword and Shield was released last Friday. Right. It's only been out a week. Um, people are losing their minds over information that they knew about months ago Um, right basically so so for those of you who don't know pokemon is a i mean it's a decade spanning it's a decade spanning um franchise uh it is one of the most lucrative it's one of the most lucrative most celebrated franchises in video games um and Pokemon Sword and Shield has been received very, very well. Yes. Just in general. Some people are even saying that some people are even saying that Pokemon Sword and Shield is the best game that has ever been made. Um, Of Pokemon games. Of Pokemon games. Yes, yes. yes, Sorry. Of Pokemon games. Um, Out of all the Pokemon games, Pokemon Sword and Shield is the best. I will not disagree with that because I am in the camp that the Pokemon games get better every iteration so every iteration build builds off of what came before it so naturally they would know what to improve pokemon sword and shield is the first pokemon game that it that was released on the mainline console so it is a nintendo switch game um the first main like the first mainline part of the series so you have obviously you have like um red and blue and yellow and gold and silver and crystal kind of like that kind of yes. like that, that thing obviously you have let's let's go pikachu and let's go eevee which were released on the switch but those are just um, reimaginings of pokemon yellow they're not they're not necessarily like additions to the new series it wasn't anything new no new pokemon all that stuff anyway pokemon sword and shield um They decided to come out with some different Pokemon, some new designs, brand new region. 
But one of the big things about Pokemon is in the tagline, you got to catch them all. But you can't do that in Pokemon Sword and Shield because there is no national Pokedex. The national decks at this point for Pokemon would be well over a thousand Pokemon. Right. Clo- well, close, close to that at least. I think it'd be, I think it'd be close to a thousand at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I say well over a thousand. It's actually close, close to a thousand. And this information has been has been news for a while now. It was announced. It was announced way back that um, Pokemon Sword and Shield would not have the national decks. And when asked for reasons, um, the higher ups at Game Freak said that they didn't have the resources to animate that many Pokemon in the game. Um, that was their main reason. And it's one of those things where people are saying, well, you're, you've moved to a more powerful, you move to a more powerful um, system. Why can't, I, why do you lose resources if you move to a more powerful system? Well, typically, having a more powerful system doesn't give you access to resources. It just allows you to be more flexible with those resources. Right. Um, so, which makes it more difficult at times to do certain things. And so Game Freak were not able to animate every single thing. And there are even there's even some criticism from people who have the game that some of the animations for certain Pokemon is just kind of wooden um, and they're just kind of rigid. Um, that may be one of the biggest criticisms of the game that some of the animations are just not great. Um, and Pokemon Sword and Shield, I think, is pushing the Nintendo Switch is probably as far as it could go with a lot with, with a lot of what it's trying to do. But the biggest issue with what's going on is um, people have been so frustrated by this. They're saying they've been told by Game Freak that we don't have the resources or the means to animate every single Pokemon in the in the uh, for the for a national decks. They have already announced that they will be releasing more Pokemon as time goes on, um, and things in you know in relation to Pokemon Sword and Shield. But people have been so frustrated by this, they've decided to coin a they've decided to coin a phrase or coin a word for this. Um, and given that the Galar region, which is where Pokemon Sword and Shield takes place, is based off of England, they're calling this Dexit. Because yeah. the national dex has is because the national dex is leaving Pokemon, um, <laughs> which I think is hilarious on on one on one end, but on other end, there have been members of the Game Freak staff that have received death threats from people, um, <sighs> people saying that they're going to murder people because they don't have a national Pokedex in the game, um, you know, and so they. And with, and with that, they spanned this um, hashtag on Twitter called Game Freak Lied. Um, Game Freak said they weren't able to animate this, but they're able to do these things. Um, and then people who work for Game Freak receiving death threats and things like that. Um, but the, the cool thing is that out of this, there have been some people who actually have common sense who have decided to kind of turn this on its head and start a hashtag that says thank you game freak for mm-hmm. everything that Pokemon has done for them and how important the franchise is um, for them 
um, and and all that stuff. And this this just kind of kind of spans into a bit of a wider conversation that's not necessarily Pokemon based, but it's just I don't understand why. I, well, I, I do understand, but when did we go, become so spoiled? You know, when did we become so spoiled? When did we become so entitled, um, you know, to to things that we had no hand in creating to a degree, you know? It, yeah, it's it's difficult to pinpoint or nail down but like as technologies progressed that people automatically are thinking so specifically for pokemon like people are thinking okay so technologies progress there's enough room in the game for all of the pokemon why aren't all the pokemon in there but they what they don't understand is exactly what you're saying is if they wanted all the Pokemon and if, if Game Freak wanted to put all the Pokemon in in there, they would either A, have to have a way longer develop, development cycle, or B, have to hire a lot more staff, which it doesn't sound like they had the resources to do. Um, and I think I think that's interesting that they wouldn't, that Game Freak themselves wouldn't consider either one because Pokemon is one of the most profitable franchises of all time. Um, and I don't know how many of the, or how much of the profits go to Nintendo and how much go to the Pokemon company, which is, is Pokemon company like two or three companies merged into one? Yeah. Um, so like, I guess Game Freak's just getting like nothing. <laughs> like, uh, be, which is weird because Game Freak made Pokemon what it is. And you would think that they should have the resources to do this. But uh, as far as like the entitlement, like I think it is just because people have expected the uh, they've expected that to happen because they've gotten they've gotten national decks for so long. Um, And granted, it's not the best. it wasn't the best way to go about it, but they did. Ch- they did tell everyone. It's not like they were keeping it a secret. They're like, "Hey, we don't have the resources to do this. Um, it's either get the 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 game out this year. We know you really want to play it, or you know, postpone it for a really long time. Who knows how long? Like, honestly, if there are close to a thousand Pokemon, like, do we know how many Pokemon are in this game specifically? How many new ones? Well, just like, just no, just in general, how many Pokemon? Four hundred. So, like, let's just let's just say that that is somewhere between a quarter and a third of all the Pokemon. All right, let's yeah, no, let's say a third and a half. That's somewhere between a third and a half of all the Pokemon. Like, that's still a really good amount of Pokemon. And, yes, catching them all is a really good idea. But, like, I think you were saying a couple weeks ago, like, uh, 
Game Freak kind of painted themselves into this corner by um, creating new Pokemon for every generation. They should have had something like the Alolan types like that they came out with last generation from from probably from generation three or four. Like that's when they yeah. should have started doing variants on the types. Yeah. And they're um, starting to do that now since since um sun and moon they have there are galarian specific types like there's a galarian yeah. out the galarian farfetch so yeah 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 so i mean it's kind of on game freak from painting themselves into this this corner but at the same time like come on people just just play the hand you're dealt like it's not that big of a deal it's not end all be all it's a game um Sure, the I'm sure that these Pokemon will be released in DLC form. Who knows? Maybe if you're nice, they'll even do it for free. Like, yeah. don't send don't death threats. You don't want to pay for it. Yeah, don't <laughs> send death threats. <laughs> like, well, the crazy a... thing about the Pokemon franchise in general, and and I and I wonder how many people know this, but Pokemon was not supposed to go beyond silver and gold and crystal. It was right. supposed to stop right yeah. there, like. If you play red, blue, yellow, and then gold, silver, and crystal, it's very clear that gold, silver, and crystal is a direct sequel to to red, blue, and yellow. Yep. Um, well, gold and silver are a direct sequel to red and blue. Right. Um, but because of the profitability and because of the popularity of the franchise, they decided to keep going. And, and we all knew that there was going to be a point where we had so many Pokemon that it was going to be much more difficult to, to catch all of them. It was going to be much more difficult to have access to all of them. Um, so the National Dex is feasible around, mm-hmm. you know, the National Dex is feasible around three or four hundred right feasible around around that point especially when you're on something like a game boy or whatever iteration of that you're at um but as you notice the the further we've gone into different generations and iterations of the mainline pokemon franchise the less and less pokemon that have have been made per region this is Mm -hmm. why game freak is doing exactly what you're saying they are doing variants, like region variants of old Pokemon, changing their types, changing their looks, changing mm-hmm. their move sets to keep things fresh without having to go through the slog of creating new Pokemon every single time. Because if there was an expectation to create a hundred plus Pokemon every single every single iteration, which to be fair, they've pretty much done, because I think we're about at eight hundred around there. Um, but some of those are variants, yeah, not not wholly new species. So, but if there if there's pressure to create new every single generation, um, I mean, I feel like we're just gonna kill Game Freak from burnout because mm-hmm. they in, in the time that they're not making games, they're brainstorming for new ones, you yeah. know. So it, yeah, and so I think that it's it's easy it's easy for us as a consumers to just act as if or to 
kind of expect that Pokemon games or games in general will just fall out of the sky and we have them and not think through the process that it took to get to this point. The conversations that were had to decide whether or not to make a national Pokedex available in this game. Um, you know, because I think people are coming at this from the angle that, well, they just don't want to do the national decks. They're lazy. Well, maybe the Nintendo Switch is not capable of doing things to the quality and the level that Game Freak want that is so synonymous with their with their Pokemon series. And so instead of giving you something that's subpar, they would rather hold off. You know, so I think that yeah, it's just it's just difficult um, in this in this kind of like era of of entitlement for us to not be you know to not get so frustrated when we don't get what we want all the time. I mean, people have been like have been comparing Game Freak with with this whole Dexit stuff. People have been comparing Game Freak to to Activision and Blizzard and EA when. I mean, they're not exploiting anything. They're not, they're not monetizing aspects of the game that don't need to be monetized. They've just given you stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And so people are just frustrated because, you know, well, I'm not being given this thing that I expected, even though, you know, months before, before the game was released, they were, they, everybody was told, hey, there will be no National Pokedex in this game. And the backlash from that initially was so bad, Game Freak canceled an entire conference in Tokyo because of it. Huh. Like, the backlash was so bad, they canceled an entire conference. They were just like, we're not, we're not having this. We're not, we're not revealing anything because it's just not going to be positive PR. You know, so, you know, people just kind of, gotta check your privilege a little bit you know <laughs> but that's 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 yeah that's just kind of how how that has been i think that um jedi fallen order has kind of gone through some some similar things in the in the sense that when the game was released alongside pokemon sword and shield both games were received very well and our week in um both games have seen some some difficulties and some people have been kind of frustrated with what they, with some aspects of things like with, with Pokemon sword and shield, it's the national decks that people are still frustrated with, with Jedi fallen order. There is apparently a glitch in, in the game on one mm -hmm. of the planets is actually on Dathomir yep. where you can get to an area that you're not supposed to get to. And there's no way for you to get back. And the only thing that you can do is delete your save file and start over and don't go there. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so, uh, yeah, there's, I'm all for criticism. I'm all for asking questions mm -hmm. and wanting answers. I'm not saying that consumers have no dog in the fight of game development um, and quality at all. We clearly do. Um, but, to a degree, you have to know when things go too far. Um, and death threats are definitely 
way, way over the line. You know, so let's hope that Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, when they decide to release more things in DLC form, that those are received well. Mm -hmm. But granted, Pokemon Sword and Shield is the fastest selling Nintendo Switch game of all time. So I think they're doing okay. I think they sold six million copies. Yeah. In their first week. So <laughs> I don't think people are too hurt by 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 things in general. So Yeah, I think I think it was fine. Um I still I'm really interested in playing it. I've not I've not been interested in a Pokemon game in a really long time. Um I think I'm gonna ask for it for Christmas. So uh I yeah, I I, I think this controversy is ridiculous as are most controversies like this. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even really call them like controversies. They're just like... It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid, yeah. Controversy <laughs> should be... Should be used for terms like... Or for things like... Uh, you know... What leads to a president getting impeached like that? I was just about to say quid pro quo. Yes, <laughs> that is a controversy. Yes, that's a controversy. What is happening with Pokemon is decidedly not a controversy. It is just a bunch of whiny fans. Yeah. It's an inconvenience at best. Yes, for sure. Um, from there, had had a little I had a little thing that I wanted to kind of rant slash talk about real quick, and then you can rant slash talk about something, and we'll get into twenty questions. Um, so last night, uh, I think it was around eight p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Tesla held an event uh, with their new Cybertruck. Yeah, they did. It is god awful. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is like a DeLorean. Uh, had a child with a Pontiac Aztec. I saw that on Twitter. That is not an original joke. But if you see this truck, you will see it. You will you will immediately think that now. Um, it on top of it just being ugly. It also it it wasn't very clear whenever I first saw. It said starting at thirty nine thousand. $39,000, that's clear. And then it just said 500 miles of range. It didn't say up to 500 miles of range. So I go on their website because, you know, I have a lot of money and I want to pre-order a Tesla. Um, the 39000 gets you 200 miles of range, which is a lot lower than 500 for sure, but it's also lower than their Model 3. Yeah. Which starts at five grand less than that. So, I have a few questions for Tesla um, <laughs> and for Trelon Musk. Um, one, who is this for? Like, no redneck is going to get this. Uh, no, I don't, I don't see very many, like, people outside of hardcore fans of Back to the Future getting this, like, 
who that, I guess that's my main question. Who is this for? Trelon Musk. Is this is it, I know this is a passion project of yours, but is your passion like super super sharp angles? Like <laughs> All is missing is the wings. It I'm really... telling you. Like <laughs> all is missing is the wings. It looks like no, seriously. If you if you have not seen the cyber, you have to look it up. It looks awful. Awful. It's just oh my gosh. Yeah. It is a terrible looking car. Truck, whatever. Truck, spacecraft. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it terrible? It's just terrible. <laughs> it really is. What's your passion, Trelon? <laughs> you can yeah. at me at the Weiss is right if you ever listen to this. Um but I yeah. Avid listener. <laughs> Probably not anymore. <laughs> yeah, we we average about forty listens per episode. Um, Thirty nine of those are Elon Musk. Yep, it's true. <laughs> but what what are you ranting about today, Brian? Are you ranting about anything? <laughs> the I think the new Motorola Razor looks sweet. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I think it looks amazing. Right. But there are some serious questions for for that phone. Okay. Durability, like the fact that it folds, but the screen is creaseless is genius. Like I love, I love that. I think it looks great. The price is this. I mean, the price is too much. Fifteen hundred. Yeah. The price is too high. I mean, you can get literally any other smartphone for less than that. Right. But my, my main question for this phone, one of the things that they said was that the battery will last all day. Quotes. Whatever that means, will last all day. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, if you're on your phone all day, no battery will last all day. Exactly. It's just not how that works. Right. Um, but the biggest thing is durability. Motorola would not disclose how many flips they did during their durability test. Right. They didn't say. So you can do a durability test over however long. But if somebody was to say, if somebody was to get this phone on a, on like a two-year like contract with, with a with a company and like say with Verizon or AT&T or whoever, and would the phone last that long? Mm. Just the product itself, would it last um, before the hinge gives out, you know? But I think the design is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm interested to see if anybody will take a chance on it. I'm venturing to say, well, somebody will, mm-hmm. but I don't think many people will because I think there's there's a little bit more reliability in in Apple and Android products. Like you kind of know what you're getting. I mean, it's still Android, but well, yeah, it is. It is, but this is. I mean, this is. It's a really. It's a really big departure from what people are used to. Yeah, you know, so. 
I mean, and it looks just like the old razor, but yeah. then flip it up. It's it's the new razor. It yeah. it looks it looks sweet. It, it like I think the design's amazing. I agree. Um, I, I I agree with everything uh, you said. And from from what I understand, from what I've read, videos I've watched, is that the durability when it's closed and when it's fully open is not in question. Like it is pretty rigid, um, both fully opened and fully closed. Okay. Um, it. It's like that that in between part that's a little questionable, um, and also yes, the hinge. How long will the hinge last? Like even the original razor and like just flip loans in general, like way back, had hinge problems. Like yep. they were notorious for kind of just giving out um, eventually and like just being floppy or whatever, and. Um, you know, honestly, the the phones still worked. They still worked fine, but will that affect how this phone works? Like, will it still be able to operate when it's fully open without with the loose hinge? I I I don't see why it wouldn't. But like, I'm with you. It's like. It's it's a little too expensive, but I think that comes with first generation tech. Yeah, um, they're just trying to gauge interest. I think if it gets enough interest to get a second generation, it'll be significantly cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I love it. I like I like that people are out there pushing the design of phones because phones, for the most part, have been these candy bar looking just like real boring pieces of slab for over a decade that progressively get thinner that progressively get thinner. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think the only way to, to go forward is to look way back mm. to phones like the razor that had that nostalgia factor. Next you need a Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they kind of Blackberry hasn't totally left. <laughs> they No, they're gone. No, they're, they're I know totally that I know that they're still around, but like who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's really cool. Also the Motorola the new Motorola Razor is only in black at the moment. Ooh, we need the OG silver. And so like that's a question is like will it come in other like will it come in other colors than yeah. black? Cuz right now it's only in black. Cuz that was a huge selling point for the Razor is like it came in silver, black. I think there was a magenta. There might have been a red. Like it, it had all these special edition colors that came out when it was popular. Right. Um, but I mean, the OG silver is like silver. That is, whew, man. I actually never had a razor. Did you? No, I never had a razor. But I had many friends who had razors. I also. Uh, and I was like, oh, that phone looks awesome. Look how thin it is. And then, you know, after a little while, you know, the backs were touching. Mm-hmm. They just opened the phone and it just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, like I said, I'm glad that someone's out there innovating. Um, I know a lot of the the foldable phones have been about folding out into tablets. Mm-hmm. Which is fine in and of itself, but like this is just not everyone wants a phone to fold out in a tablet. Some people just want their their regular size phone to fold into 
a like a small thing, a smaller yeah. size. Um, it's more comfortable in the pocket. Um, yeah, this is great. It's you can't that time. Hate on the design. You can't hate on the design. People are hating on the design of the phone, but you can't do it because it looks amazing. I know. Is it is it that time? Are you about to get revenge on me? <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna get revenge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, but it is time for twenty questions, I'm which scared. I think has just become a petty a petty battle. <laughs> I think it has too. We go to the depths of. The past few weeks is well for me. It's been Disney Plus, the de- the depths of Disney Plus. Yeah. For you, it's just been the depths. Um, depths. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we'll get into twenty questions. I'm asking the questions. You're giving the answers. Um, and and away we go. We Was go. this movie released before January first, twenty ten? Before. Yes. Okay, so it is a 2010s movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is this movie live action? Yes. Was this movie released before January 1st, 2015? Yes. Okay, so I have it narrowed down into five years. Live five action. years. Is this movie considered an action film? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does this movie have a white protagonist? Yes. Is the protagonist male? Yes. Action movie with a white male protagonist. Oh, that narrows it down. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on, Hollywood. Um, is there... Is there a supporting character of a different sex? Mm-hmm. There is. Is the supporting character also of a different uh, skin color? No. Okay. Um, was this movie well received? No. Okay. It was not. <laughs> Action movie. Uh, were the were the protagonists like the main and the supporting? Um, did they have a romance? No. Okay. Interesting. Is this a superhero movie? No. Is it a comic book film, though? No. Okay. It is not kick-ass. Um, it is not kick-ass. <laughs> I forgot that movie existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're keeping count, right? Yeah, I am. Is the protagonist... Younger, say, like, in the in the movie, is the protagonist at, portrayed in between the ages of, like, 20 and 40? 
Yeah. Ooh. No. Okay. No. Not well received with a slightly older protagonist. No, no, no. You you said was the protagonist portrayed between the ages of like tw- like twenty and forty? That's what you're asking, right? So you're asking if it's a younger protagonist? Yes. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, it's a younger protagonist. Yeah. Okay. Has the has the main actor won an Oscar? I don't think so. Uh, okay. Uh, what uh, what question are we on right now? I'm 14. I got so one far. more before. Okay. Is the director known for this movie or movies like these? This? Not for movies like this. No. All right, that's 15. But the director is very well known. Okay. Very well known. Does this movie star Russell Crowe? Nope. Damn. Is the director Ridley Scott? Nope. Very well-known director. Very well-known. Is the director Martin Scorsese? Nope. <laughs> Get one more guess, right? <laughs> one more, and then I have to guess the movie. You gotta guess the movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Who is a very well-known director? Is the director Steven Spielberg? No, it's not. <laughs> I have no idea what this movie is. Yes, please. Um, Let me think of a movie real quick that's not by any of those directors that I just named. Okay. Is the movie The Social Network? It is not. All right. Fess up. (laughs) Released June 30th. 2010. Okay. Two horrible reviews. Okay. <laughs> directed by the one and only M. Night Shyamalan. The Last Airbender. That was released in 2010? <laughs> it was. Oh my gosh. I guess the protagonist is technically white. That was, yeah. Dang. The last airbender. Wait. Is the... The females... The girl that played... Is the girl that played... uh, Katara White? Yeah. I guess she she is. Yeah. I guess that was... Yeah, I guess that was one of of the the gripes. Is like the movie was kind of whitewashed. Yeah. I mean, like that was... Among like, the other guys. I'm pretty sure like Nicola Peltz, like most notable 
film was The Last Airbender. Like that was her like first big thing. Yep. Dang. I was never going to get that. You were real close early on. I thought you were you were like getting really close. I almost told I almost just straight up was like gonna tell you that for for the hint that it was an M. Night Shyamalan film. I Honestly, I probably still wouldn't have gotten it. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's done so many. So I know. I know. <laughs> he's done so many. Well. We're two and two. Yeah. We're still in this. <laughs> Folks, vote on who's going to win this season of Weisscast 20 questions. Um, you can send your inquiries to uh, Podcast at gmail.com or... In- or feedback at wisecast.com. It all goes to the same place, people. Um, for keeping up with us, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Weiss's Right. Um, or search patreon.com slash Weisscast if you're interested in helping us uh, keep the lights on. Uh, Bryant, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram at bkstinson08. And I am on Twitter at Bryant Stinson. Folks, that's all we have for this week. Um, we will keep you up to date on social media about next next week's podcast. Um, until then, all we have for you right now is an incredible trap remix <laughs> of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Y'all Bye. being Rick Rolled. Y'all are being rickrolled because I just got rickrolled on the game. Good night and good luck, everyone. Godspeed.